Hey, what's up, everybody? We're back. I'm Jason. I'm Bo. Hey, we're here to talk to you with uh, the Parkton Turn One podcast. So, Bo, this week we've got a little bit of little bit of happenings in the paddock. We got a secret new writer coming out. You may have heard of him. His name's Mark Marquez. Uh, he's coming back. We've got uh, Portimao, which was a new track last year uh, for the everybody. Uh, big things happened last year with uh, you know the Portuguese native winning it for MotoGP. You know, but I think this year it's going to be very interesting um, in terms of all the classes because this track is really, really technical. Lots of blind entry. Lots of uphill, downhill. Um, anything can happen. I mean, I saw one of the craziest accidents I've ever seen at the pro level with uh, Aaron Kinnett last year, sliding down the middle of the track on a straightaway. I I don't know. I don't know how that happened. And he almost got hit like three times. It was crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is going to be a fun weekend. Uh, that's my thoughts. So where are you? Yeah, echoing everything you said, um, Porto Mal, super, super technical track. Um, <clears throat> it's really gonna, we're really gonna start to see, I think, you know, what some of the bike strengths are coming into this weekend. Although, you know, we did see uh, Miguel Oliveira last year really run away with that race in GP, um, and Remy Gardner as well. Remy Gardner looked really good in Moto Two, and I think last year he was even on a year-old Calyx as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch him in the two class to see what he's going to do on the, uh, on the 2021 Calyx with uh, Red Bull and having that team behind him and, and seeing what they, what kind of bike they can give him for the race. Um, yeah, the, the, the track itself, beautiful track. Uh, just, just all the, all the elevation changes it's got, the technicality behind it. It really, it was uh, purpose built. I yeah. mean, it was purpose built for sure. Yeah, I think it's really going to show us uh, show us some things for this season coming up. And like you said, we've got a uh, we've got a new threat to the championship. I think coming in for this year in the GP class. So uh, I'm really anxious to see what Mark Marquez is going to do coming back. And uh, you know, you and I talked about this. This is something we have to address. This the you know the 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 great you know one of the one of the greatest of all time. He's coming back to the paddock fresh off of injury you know finally got the cleared by medical so so what kind of threat do you think he's going to bring to the table when it comes to this weekend i have an initial feeling that mark marquez is going to be mark marquez um it, it's really hard to figure out we don't know this was a super serious but not common type of injury in terms of the injuries that i've seen these guys have um, any injury that sits a professional motorcycle rider out for an, basically an entire season is really, really serious. So it will be very interesting to me to see what happens to Mark Marquez when he gets out there amongst other riders. Does he return to form? And then how well does he crash? Because he crashes a lot. He always pushes the bike right to the limit. Mm-hmm. And if he can't do that or is unwilling to do that, I wonder where that puts him in the pack. Because we talked about it, a, you know, a couple of weeks ago and then last week again. There are people out there that are not going to back up now. Juan Mir, uh, Alex Renz. These guys aren't backing up. Maverick, Fabio, they're not going to back up. They They feel very confident in what they can do. And he hasn't been out there dominating them. 
you tend to forget how good someone is when you haven't been racing them. And I think there'll be a little bit of that. But he may come out and show us that he's still a talent that maybe the world had never seen before. So my initial thought is, hey, Mark's going to be Mark and uh, more power to him. So, yeah, I want to I want to touch on what you said there, you know, and, and accurately so that <clears throat> Mark Marquez, you know, when he's in those, those free practice sessions, he's he's searching for the limit. He's trying to find where that limit Always. is on the bike. Yeah. And, and, you know, he finds it and, and he flirts on that knife's edge. But but do we see other riders really find that limit efficiently like Mark Marquez does? Because, you know, we'll, we'll rewind the clock back to Jerez last year, and we saw what Mark Marquez was doing. You know, he went off the track, he came back, and he was mounting an absolute crazy comeback all the way through the field mm -hmm. and was just blitzing the field like nobody's business. But then he, you know, at that point, he was clearly over the limit. You know, he was he was managing that, that race well over the limit and outside of what he really should have been capable of doing you know just seeing that how how talented the guy is how what he can do with a motorcycle the machine manipulation skills that he has they're just they're they're unprecedented you know and they're they're i want to go go as far as to say is right now in this in this technological age of moto gp they're really unmatched in my opinion i don't see anyone that really understands a bike as clearly as Mark Marquez does, um, no. So I, I agree think with that you. that's a that's a that's a big point. I think coming into this this uh, uh, race, but also exactly like you said, he set out almost an entire year. You know, he's going to be trying to find that limit again, within reason. I think, and trying to understand the changes on the bike. Uh, you know what the team has kind of done without him for the better part of a year and, and how is he going to adapt to that change? But we already know that the, the Honda is pretty well purpose built for Mark Marquez. He's had a lot of input oh, with sure. that bike. It's, they've molded that bike around him. So, so is it going to be like putting on an old pair of tennis shoes and he's going to jump right back into it again? Or is there going to be, you know, it, what, what, where is his learning curve going to lie now? Like you say, is it going to be mm -hmm. in his injury or is it going to be with the bike or is it going to be a little bit of both? So I think I, I, well, it has to be a little bit of both. He hasn't been on the new, the new bike. Now the bike, the motor is the same, so the characteristics should be the same. But there are some changes. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right. He's gonna that injury. He's gonna have to feel that out. He's not been on a GP bike to feel it since he's been declared fit. It'll be the first time. There is the nagging thing in the back of my head though that says. An injury like that and time away like that, it, you can't help but to have it change you. There's a psychological now, effect to it, yeah. Right, absolutely, yeah. And I don't know what that will be for Mark. I, I, I don't think he is not scared by any means. He is super, he's tough as nails, obviously. Super high threshold for pain. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we see that stuff working against athletes, right? I mean, it's just too much. So I, I, I just... I'm hoping the best for Mark. Like I said, Mark and I have a complicated relationship. <laughs> um, you know, I I have never seen anyone do the things that Mark can do on a MotoGP bike, really. But, you know, there's a story about Mark when he was testing. This was a year or two ago. And he came in and he told the mechanics, the frame is cracked. Yeah. It's I, cracked. I, yep. 
And they were like, no, it is not. He said, yes, it is. There's a crack in that frame. And they found it, but they did not find it easily. It was not easily visible. It was super hard to find. They had to put the bike under stress to find it or the frame or the swing arm, whatever it was. And my man could feel it. And that is... <laughs> it's a, I, yeah, that, I don't know what to say to that. It, yeah, that almost puts into action the, or it almost vindicates the the idea that Valentino Rossi has around his bike. You know that he and his bike, and the bike has a soul, and they have a relationship between the both the rider and that's the right. bike. Well, that's almost that's that right. completely embodied. You know, we haven't seen that kind of relationship out of the bike and Valentino Rossi, but we clearly see that kind of relationship whenever it comes to Mark Marquez and his machine with Honda. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it, right. it's definitely like you said there's so, there's something special yep. there all eyes are going to be on that right we're all going to be watching with bated breath to see what mark can do um but there's another guy that made an appearance this week as well yeah, absolutely and he's going to be the guy behind the curtains that i think everyone really needs to watch out for and, and mm-hmm. pay attention to because he's being pretty tight-lipped about a lot of stuff right now i think yep. um i think he's got yep. some more impressions um, then he uh, then he's really letting on and, and of course everyone we're talking about Andrea Davizioso and his first ride on the yep. Aprilia um, spent a lot yep. of time getting the ergonomics right he spent a lot of time with him that first day trying to not find the limit but he wanted to get comfortable on the bike first um, his his ideal ideology behind that is if you're not comfortable on the bike you're not going to be able to push efficiently to find that limit and to really start pushing for good lap times um, I do right. I did see the comment that he made regarding his lap times was simply that uh they're not too bad i think is what he said so that to me you know andrea de vitos is a very cheeky character at some point so for him to say a uh, a comment like that after the first time on a bike i think there might have been a little bit of a spark there personally and, and i'm pretty excited to oh. see where the future might go with him and aprilia yeah i mean listen he was excited to be back on a moto gp bike i'm excited to get back on any bike but he was excited to be out there, and I don't blame him. That looked like a blast. They rented the entire track for him. I mean, come on. Let's do this. This yeah. is a good day. And he will figure it out for them. If they're having some trouble, he will have valuable insight because he has ridden a Yamaha. He's ridden the Honda. He's ridden the Ducati. So he will know you know, kind of what works and what happened in the past and how they solved this problem. And he will pass that along to the Aprilia engineers and they will get it there. Now, he did say a top five is going to be pretty tough. Possible, but it won't be easy. And podium's the same. And I think that was a very good statement because what he's just saying is, hey, listen, we have a great starting point, Absolutely. but we're not there yet. Absolutely. And and I think, I think I read between the lines just like you a little bit. He liked that bike. He's excited for the potential, and he's in a position where people are going to listen to him. His last couple of years at Ducati, Gigi Delinia just assumed that Dovey was basically an idiot, I think, um, and didn't listen to him anymore. And I I read about a big blow-up between the two of them during a meeting because he would not, he would not acquiesce to the request of Davizioso. He was just like, nope, you don't need to do it. But I think the proof is in the pudding for me. And the bikes they're using this year on the big, long straight at Qatar were fantastic. But if they can't put together consistent podiums and wins as 
as a brand, then that just tells me that maybe Gigi's a little bit a little bit too worried about technology instead of making it rider friendly. I don't know. What do you think? No, I absolutely agree. And 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 as soon as you said that, there was a quote that popped into my head that I think that Gigi actually made a few weeks ago that said that basically blatantly said exactly that that all of the teams in the paddock are going to try to figure out something to match Ducati. But by the time that they do, Ducati's going to be on the, the next technological advancement. And and that level sure. of, of I'm going to go out and say it, that level of arogance um, at, mm. the, at that level mm. um, is, is... This I just think, in, Gigi Delinia not coming in on the show. He and Paula Spargo yeah. do not like the show. This well, just in. It's so much about the... Well, you understand that, what I'm saying. It's that... It, and it doesn't go I with do. the... It's the passion that goes into that. There's a, there's an arrogant component when it comes to passion, right? There, there, there has to be. You sure. have to take pride in what you do. You have to, to, to value your own self-worth to push past mm-hmm. that. And likewise, just like Gigi said, though, by the time that the other teams get to that point, Ducati's going to be past that. Now, if Ducati was blindly arrogant, Ducati would just think that they've got the best machine no matter what. But what they're going to do is they're going to say, here's our machine, and then they're going to try to make it even better. So that's sure. that's why I say, you know, I loosely say arrogance there that's kind of fueled by passion, I guess. Um, oh, I, so. I, think, I think 100% fueled by passion. I mean, that's what Italian brands are fueled by. That's why they build them by hand. I have been in the factories of Pagani and Lamborghini and watching them work, it is not like going into a factory at GM or Ford or Dodge. It's not the same. It's not. They're there for passion. They Everything they build is beautiful because they need it to be beautiful and they need it to perform. So Gigi has no doubt been an innovator in the paddock, though, right? I mean, we can yeah, agree absolutely. there that his oh, innovations absolutely. have been... I mean, everyone's doing the tire scoop at the back now yep. to put more air on the tire. The uh, the, the covers on the brake, or the the cover of the brake caliber mm-hmm. and, the, and the rotor. I mean, those are all Delenia. The launch device, uh, <laughs> come on. I mean, how many do we have to list? So the guy's obviously brilliant, but... You know, I, I think I mentioned this about Honda. They always say it's the bike and not the rider. But I think Honda's getting a lesson in that. That's not always true. Um, you know, I, I, I equate what Gigi does in terms of his technology advancement to what the cars at Mercedes do in F1. They always have something that no one else has. Absolutely. And then everybody wants to protest it because they don't yeah. have it. I mean, yeah. uh, last year it was the steering where like when you accelerated, the steering wheel actually moved back towards you and it straightened the wheels. And when you, and when you decelerated, it pushed the steering wheel in and it set them it so that the brakes the had a greater yeah. effect. Yeah. So it was, it you know, stuff like that. But I feel like Gigi, and Mercedes are very similar in that regard, not to bring F1 into it, but that's what I think. And so if we can just get him to listen to the rider a little bit, all this technology is great, but if it does not handle, if it doesn't feel stable, if I don't feel comfortable, I'm not going to push. And that's that's the thing. So and that's for Gigi's I, sake, I hope, they, I hope they get it right. Right, absolutely. And and not that, not that Ducati's really gotten it wrong at this point they're not wrong you know uh -uh. but but also um you know on the other side of the the fence we've got another italian manufacturer in aprilia 
who sees that what they're doing isn't working, they wad mm-hmm. up the napkin and they throw it in the trash and they start all over. You know, they, two years in a row now, we've seen all new bikes come, you know, completely yeah. redesigned bikes come out with them or come out from them. And now they've got a test rider who can give them, uh, and this is this means no disrespect to any of their test riders of the past, but they've got a test rider now who has who has really been to not only the motor, the you know that MotoGP level, but also at the very tip of that MotoGP level mm-hmm. and the speed, you know, the right. tip of the speed. No, his pedigree, his pedigree is different. His pedigree is different, like Danny Pedrosa and Jorge Lorenzo. Their pedigree is different than their other test riders. There's no, there's and, no shame in that. And I'm so, uh, I'm glad that they have landed Do- Dovi as a test rider because I really want to see mm-hmm. Dovi on an Aprilia, on the in the paddock full time next year. I, I would love Ooh. to see him back in the paddock full time on a, on an Aprilia. I think it would be great well, for the sport to see that other manufacturer back fighting to the top. And and if Dovi is telling you, as a manufacturer, if he's making comments that says, yeah, we can do a top five, podiums are going to be tough top fives are going to be tough but it's it's possible then then aprilia as as designers as r&d techs as crew chiefs as engineers you have to say okay we might have something here so so instead of throwing out the napkin and and, you know wadding it up again why don't take what what dovey's got to give you and then work from there i think one of the comments that he made was that it was a very it, it handled similar to the yamaha which Actually surprised me. I, I was that didn't surprise me as well. I would surprise me as well. I did not see that comment. I thought it was going to be more like a KTM or a Honda or a Ducati, something that was very interesting, very stable on the front end, very quick in and out of a turn. But the corner speed that it seemed like he had with the uh, with the Aprilia was that surprised me, and it put a smile on my face as well because it, you know I, I I like the idea of another bike that's really good at corner speed that can you know that that can be be strong in those technical sections of a track right and not so much a demon down the straight you know a, a, a one trick pony if you will not to say that that Ducati is well right no they're not but I mean look here's the thing I mean I, I think I think everybody's going to approach it in their own unique way right. I mean, yeah. Suzuki did it. Yamaha does it. Honda does it. Aprilia, KTM. Everybody's got their own spin on how to make a 300-horsepower bike go fast down a straight and then into a corner. Everybody's got their own spin on how to create more horsepower, how to make it turn better, how to how to make it more stable. They have their own spin. They have engineers working around the clock to do it. So, Which is what makes you know, the sport exciting. You know, that's right. Well, that's what it is, a prototype class, right? This yep. is where you do your R&D. This is where you do it. I, I still don't understand, though, speaking about that, why in the world KTM isn't in the sport bike world, but they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars in MotoGP. I just don't understand. So that's going to get me on a real bad tangent. Um, the, <laughs> and, and, and you opened the can of worms, so we're going to go there. So the okay, CEO, I'm in. I can't remember the year, so, so I'm sorry. I don't have the stat in front of me. I don't have the, the direct quote. But if you remember... Um, KTM was in the super sport super bike market uh, with the you could call it loosely call it a super mar- a super bike up until 2014 2015 I think was the last year of production for it was right. the 11 right. R- uh, KTM RC8 which was in my opinion one of the most beautiful bikes that has ever been built the lines of that bike mm. were just phenomenal i think it the, that mm. that paper mache look that it had to it uh, or that origami i felt like they just used a ruler to hey, design it and nothing I, I, else i was okay with it i thought it was <laughs> i thought it was gorgeous it was nice and compact and um but yep. but after that bike came out the ceo made a statement that 
he felt that the street was no place for a bike of that caliber, of that, of that power, uh, of that capability, and it was just too dangerous. Now, you can say that, but then you're going to turn around and you're going to release a 1290 Super Duke that's got gobs of torque for days? Ooh, man, so much torque. And say that that's straight, or that's okay for the street? I, I mean, that, that's, my, that's, where, that's my gripe. That's where I'm done. Yeah. I'm, you know, that's, that's where I'm that, Yeah, that's a wheelie machine. We all know it. It's a wheelie machine and it's just it's crazy but so let's talk about i mean we've 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 now gone off on our tangents about yeah, yeah. whatever this is what we do by the way everyone this is our normal conversation we're sitting anywhere we're sitting this is what's happening um but so let's talk about this year what do you what are you looking to see um you know moto 3 last year uh you know Fernet, raul fernandez won the race uh fagia and alcoba uh second and third um, what are you thinking you're going to see this year? Because we got some new players, I mean, in Moto3. Where where are you? I mean, we go back to it. We've said it well, the last couple of weeks now. Rookies, rookies, rookies. You know, I'm really, I'm really excited to see what the rookies are going to do um, this this weekend, you know, given the fact that it's a pretty technical track. And I want to say Pedro Costa has, has some pretty good time on Portimao track. Uh, I think I've heard that comment made a couple times. So, you know, I want to see if he can take another win or at least get get close to fighting at the front again. Um, of wow. course, how do you bet against a guy that started at pit lane and won? Well, it, absolutely. I, I know. Yeah. How do you how do you bet against that? Well, especially like, when he's got the kind of support that he does behind him in that in that KTM mm-hmm. team. The KTM oh, yeah, is just, they're just a powerhouse of a team. Um, mm-hmm. I really hope That's right. that uh, John McPhee sees a checkered flag this week um, for his oh, sake. John, fingers crossed, buddy come on and uh, just of course Darren Bender. whatever you got to do yeah i'm a Darren Bender. <laughs> yeah no kick don't kick anyone <laughs> yeah no so bender bender will be right at the sharp end i have no doubt um i am curious to see like you said i i think our rookies are going to be right there i'm curious to see what's going to happen with mcphee um can he finally finish a race without uh, well can he get everybody to leave him alone, one? Right. And then if they do leave him alone, can he finish the race? I, I think so. Bender is primed. I think he's right there. As great as that ride, and that, that ride from Acosta was electric last last time out, but Bender rode brilliantly too, and Bender's in great form, so I expect him to be right there. You know, I, looking at the finishers from last year, you know, uh I don't know. I don't see Nicolo Antonelli finished in 11th last year. Anchu, Dennis Anchu finished in 10th. So he saw a checkered flag here. So maybe he can get that back on track. I'm telling you, I think right? Dennis Anchu needs to see a checkered flag this week. I don't care if it's he needs in to see place or if it's in 16 in a row. He needs, he needs to, to see, see a lot of checkered, checkered flags. flags. If he wants to hold that seat. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's true. So who's your pick? Give me your pick to win the race we'll just do winners because it's hard it motor motor three is so hard what's the winner who's gonna I, win i'm going with the south african i'm gonna i'm gonna take bender i think that he wants a win okay. i think he's you know he's put on the podium two win two races in a row but i think he wants i think he wants another win 
Well, you took my pick. So, okay. We I agree with that. you. you I, can I like pick the same guy. This is we, we No, it's not any fun. It's only fun if I, you know, that way I'm going to take well, so Acosta. I mean, he's not a bad bet. <laughs> exactly. So we can make fun of each other for being dumb and Your rookie's going to crash take out. A, oh, whatever. Acosta will ride through the gravel like it's made of asphalt. He just he doesn't care. <laughs> gravel has good grip for Acosta. Um but, you know, I I, I think I think it's going to be a great race. That track is not the same as Qatar. No. So I think the racing will, if it's, you can believe this, I think it will be closer. We just won't see seven in wide into turn one. Um, but I think we'll see more passing during the lap. Um, so we'll see. Let's just find out. You know, And we'll, I'm going Acosta. You're going Bender. All right. Uh, Moto2, what do you got? Uh, I have a hope. I, I have okay. a hope that we see our Americans finish, first of all. Mm. I would like to see Man. His, one of these I have guys a dream. That's race. right. That's um, right. would love to see Cambobia do well and kind of continue the momentum they had in the first race. Yep. We saw it kind of fizzle just a bit. Same with Joe Roberts. I mean, you know, Joe Roberts had a rough second race in Qatar. Um, he finished right. uh, finished seventh last year. So uh, I think that, the, that he can finish better this year. Um, I, I don't think he's – this is me, you know, making making big statements. I don't think he's going to have the pace to win because we've seen that Sam Lowe's and Remy Gardner this year really are just on a different level uh, than a mm-hmm. lot of the other guys yes. in the class. And yeah. I, I'm hoping that Betsecki, you know, I really want to see Marco Betsecki kind of take a step forward. I don't think Qatar is a very good track for him. Um, so, so I would like to see him step back into nice form and really fight for uh, fight with both uh, Remy Gardner and Sam Lowe's uh, for this. I win. think he will. Yeah, I think he will. I think I think we're getting back into the tracks where he's most dangerous. Um, but we'll see. Uh, you didn't mention the big story for us as Americans. SDK is riding with the American racing team this weekend. So I wasn't sure if it was confirmed or not. I saw some chatter. Um, you know, my wife said something about it, and uh, I hadn't re- found any mm-hmm. articles. I hadn't seen anything yet. Um, so what do you think about that, honestly? Well, number one, we've touched on this before. We want Americans on the American racing team, so mm-hmm. great. Um, do I think SDK should have gotten that over Brandon Posh? Mm. If you look at the results from Moto America last year, you got to say yes. But Brandon Posh is a British Superbike Moto3 champion, I don't, neither one of them are going to know the track. So I guess that's even, so yeah, I'm cool with SDK going. Here's, here's what I need SDK to do though. I need him to get out there and bring the bike home, number one. But I need him to understand the, the paddock differences because we don't want him coming over when he's 28, like Bobier. That's too old. Right. We need you here now, so we need you to go out there, do a great job, and Ramirez, his his contract's up after this year. So what we need is for you to go show out and get that spot. That's what we need because we need Americans in there. We just do. That's the truth. So let's talk about what is a great job. So uh, Because we've talked about before in the MotoGP class. Scoring points. Exactly. So, Scoring points. So he's he needs to understand that he's not expected – and he's not over there to go fight for 
a win, I guess, is what I'd say. Well, he's not going to win. There's no way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I would. Lo- I, I feel the same way. I want to see him finish. I want to see him get some points. Uh, I want to see him, you know, have a good, clean, hard race uh, with with everyone and be able to mix it up with the guys in Europe. Um, and, and I would like to see another American in the American team and and, yep. and over there full time. I think it would be great for the sport. Yep. It's great exposure yep. for America. Um, you know, both both on both sides of that, it's going to open up eyes to right. the European racing scene. But in the same same mm-hmm. breath, it's going to expand that visibility to Moto America, I believe. Yeah. And uh, yep. really start to promote us a bit more here within our own walls, yeah. you know, to to get more folks involved. Yeah, so I mean, I'm with you, 100. percent We need that presence. He's not going to win this race. He's not going to figure in the winning of this race. Neither is Cameron Bobier, and I hate to say it, neither will Joe Roberts. I mean, I'm just looking at the times from last year. Remy Gardner had no one close to him. Uh, second place was almost two seconds, or one point six seconds back, and then, right. you know, Sam Lowe's was almost four seconds, and then you went to eight and a half seconds in fourth place. That's really way back there. So Remy may have this track dialed in, but that's a different bike. You know, a different year, different tire, different conditions. We all know that. However, they don't. Americans don't have a shot to win, in my opinion. However, they have a shot to maybe. Get us a couple of top tens, and then all three of them in the points would be magical. That's the way I feel about uh, Moto Two this weekend. I'm I'm looking like you are. I I think Remy Gardner is going to win it, um, but Sam Lowe's will be there, and so will Bezeki. Beyond that, who knows? One one thing I will add about this weekend for Moto Two, we have to remember last year when Sam rode this race. His hand was probably the size of a football when he raced. That's true. He was injured. I, I had that slipped my mind. You and were 100% right. And yep. still put it on the podium at three seconds, or almost four seconds behind the leader. So I'm, well, I'm and almost it, expecting a pretty good dogfight between Sam Lowe's and Remy Gardner. Yeah. And I think it's going to be great racing well, between those it, two. At this point, they're both in great form, right? So yeah, absolutely. It could, be, it could be a dynamite race. I'm looking forward to it. So you have who do you have winning it? You got Remy? Uh, you know what? Just to argue with you, I'm going to go with Sam Lowe's. I'm going to take the Brit. Okay. All right. You suck at picking riders. I'm the best at it. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. You might. It, that's not that's not trash talk, Bo. I don't know if you know how to trash talk, but telling everybody else they're right is not trash I'm, talk. I'm, sa- I'm getting Just... in your head. That's, that's reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh. oh, okay. Well, then we'll keep this game going. All right. Well, let's move on up to MotoGP. I mean, unless I'm forgetting something you want to discuss about Moto2. I don't. I think we're pretty well wrapped up. We can't. We can step into yeah. the uh, into the premier class, and we can see what we're gonna. Yeah. What we're looking at there, with these guys. Yeah. So there's some big questions being asked of that factory Ducati team. Um, they have got so Jack Miller hasn't podium. Bagnaya has podiumed. So I think the pressure. If you're looking in that garage, the pressure is squarely on number forty three. He's got to do something. He cannot be finishing, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth. That's not okay. He can't do it. He can't do it. He's got to have a great race. What do you think? I agree. I agree 100%. And I think that, and I don't want to say that Jack Miller has not really shown me that he's great under that pressure. Um, 
but I don't. He feel hasn't that really ever been under it, though. We don't. Not know. factory pressure. Yeah, he's definitely not been under no. factory pressure. And I'm not sure what kind of satellite pressure he's been under, but uh, all I can remember from from anything prior to the 2019 and 20, 2020 season, excuse me, was really seeing Jack Miller spending a lot of time in the gravel. Um, aside from yeah. getting that win in the rain at Mazana or Assen, excuse me. Um, you know, he, there was, there was a lot of inconsistency there and we've at least seen more consistency out of Jack Miller in the past couple of seasons. And, um, you know, he, last year at Qatar, he caught a little bit of a bad break, I think, or the year before when his, uh, when his seat came apart and he was looking good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, I agree. Yeah. You know, I think that, I think Jack Miller right now is the time to, um, you know, he, podi- he, he got a second place last year on the Pre-Mac team. Yeah. So yep. I think you need to take so that. He goes well. Yeah, take yep. that knowledge, um, go from there, and realize you know, hey, you you've got the factory support that you need this year. Stay calm, and you know, realize what you've got going on, and but still take it, take the fight to these guys. You know, anybody else in the paddock, you know, sure. I don't want to say that last year was a an anomaly for more uh, Miguel Oliveira. Um, I'm not really sure what he had for breakfast that morning, but he was on a different level. Um, you know, and well. Yeah. No, I think I think there were a number of things, but you're right. I think his familiarity, he had been to that track before. Um, a lot of these other guys had not had the benefit as as many laps, I don't think. And let's not forget, Oliveira was on a good run of form at that time, too. He was yeah. not at the back and then lightning in a bottle. I mean, he had been running really well. So, you know, I, I think I don't think he will win this year. Um as I look through the results last year, though, I do notice that your boy, Paul Spargaro, finished fourth. I mean, what you you got him putting it up on the podium this weekend? I think I think Paul Spargaro is going to be ninth or tenth in the uh, the final standing of the race. What's I the headline going to say? The, we already know what the headline is going to say. Oh, are we talking? <laughs> are we talking Mark? Are we talking Paul's headline or just the GP headline in general? Because uh, I think we're going to see Mark Marquez close to the front, uh, probably top five, uh, I would imagine. Um, yep, and Paul Spargaro, Paul Spargaro is not going to be that high in the standings at the end of the day. That's as diplomatic as I can say it. That's as, that's as deep as I'm going to go into my comments with, with that. Okay. Um, yeah. But we've got two Yamahas with a lot of momentum coming into the to this race. Yeah. And, oh my gosh! And Why do we have two, to talk about Yamaha so much? And those two Yamahas didn't have a good showing here last year, really. No, they did not. I mean, I, I looking through, they were eleventh wow. and fourteenth. They were eleventh, twelfth, and fourteenth. So Valentino Rossi finished in twelfth last year, Maverick in eleventh, and Quartararo in fourteenth. However. Your boy Franco finished in third. He put it on the podium on a 2019 bike as well. So again, so right. So he, I mean, Yamaha, they are, they have a lot of momentum right now. And it's such a momentum when you look at but, last year's last year's results from Portimao versus this year's momentum swing. It, it's really crazy to see because you know Maverick Vinales and Fabio Quartararo. Um, if they look at last year's results going into this weekend, you know, that might be a little bit of a, of a, uh, a little bit deflating whenever they see that because like, well, we didn't do well here last year, right. uh, you know, but they're coming off really good weekends at Qatar. But then you see Franco Morbidelli's finish. If he looks at the standings last year, that could turn his attitude around because he's coming off a really tough two weeks at Qatar 
back to a track True. where he put it on the podium last year and, and looked really well against Jack Miller. I think that he and Jack Miller mixed it up on the very last lap was and uh, he just couldn't get back around Jack Miller. But I think he had the he could have had the pace probably to uh, to beat Miller if he had another lap in him. Of course, they were just coming off of that big that fantastic battle at Valencia um, as well. Yeah. So, but no, yep. I, I would like to see all the Yamahas uh, do well. Uh, obviously, th- this weekend. I, I hope to see that do well, but it's it's tough to predict them because, like you said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we we see a lot of validity out of um, out of Yamaha. Some they're not super consistent. We haven't seen a a ton of consistency yet. We've only two races into the season, but now we're into these European tracks, and so yep. what kind of you know is Maverick Vinales going to be that Maverick Vinales of old when we see him fade right after the start and take ten to twelve laps before he starts getting into a groove. Uh, the same yeah, thing is, is, is Fabio going to take off right out of the gate and then, you know, lose that feeling in the front end. So there's a lot of variables and, and we can we can talk a lot. But um, I really want to see Yamaha do well. And, and you know me, I want to see a big sure. pack. I would love to see a big a big pack with multiple uh, manufacturers fighting at the front. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think we all would. Um, that That makes for great racing. So, you know, in terms of, What's going to happen this weekend? We the, the wild card is Marquez. We just don't know. And if he's comes back and he is the Marquez of 2019, then all this other stuff we're talking about is moot because I don't care what the Yamaha does. They're not going to beat Marquez when he's going great. He's not going to do it. I think um, you're right. I, I, I think at the uh, end of the day, oh, Honda I'm, definitely has a, a... Not only do they have a superior... Oh, Lord, I'm going to get tagged for this. Not only do they have a superior bike to a lot of other manufacturers, but they have a superior rider. Right. There's no arguing the superiority of their rider. There's none of that. You cannot do it. You just can't. There's no logical argument that says Marquez is not the best in the paddock right now. Right. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. And and I'll walk my last statement back a little bit about the superiority of the bike, because I think the superiority of the bike is only because of the superiority of the rider, because he understands how to ride that bike so well. Sure. No, I agree. I I think there's, look, uh, everybody's different and the proof is going to be in the pudding when we get there. The proof is going to be when they go out and they put some hot laps down, who's got the pace? Who has the tire? Who can who can run the best race pace while conserving their tire? So, I mean, it all comes down to that. And we've got, you know, Zarco is in great form right now, doing great. He did. He finished 10th last year on that Ducati that Tito Rabat was sharing, you know, with the Sponsorama. So he finished 10th on a pretty much way down spec Ducati. Yeah. Um, so he did great. And, you know, Alex, Alex Marquez finished in the top 10. He finished ninth. Um, and then, of course, we have, you know, Alicia Spargaro from uh, Apria. He finished in eighth last year, and the bike is better this year, so maybe we see that go better. Um, it'll be it'll be really interesting. But, um, you know, so who do you got? Give me your pick for the win. I'm going to go out of a limb here. I'm going to take your Frenchman. I'm going to take Zarco. Ooh. That's a tough pick for My me. My man. Though. I, I, I think that uh, – th- what about you? What are you thinking, Jason? I 
honestly, and this is this is going to sound a little crazy, but honestly, I'm I'm going to go with Alex Renz. He didn't okay. do very well at all there last year. I think Alex Renz, like you said, hasn't been comfortable yet, and I think this is the week. Okay. I think a technical track of focused Alex Renz being as smooth and as well as that Suzuki looks after the tires most of the time, I think we're going to see a good... And, you know, Mir crashed out here last year, so... He had a technical I think, problem, didn't he? Um, I, was it technical? I thought he came into the pit after a few laps, with only a few laps. It may have go. been. It may have been. the 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 point the point is is that you know I don't think Bender or any of the KTM's have it. Uh, not this year. It doesn't look like they do. Um, but I'm going to take Alex Renz in a flyer. You took a flyer. I'm going to I'm going to take a flyer. You know, last year Bagnayev crashed on the first lap, so that's cool. so i i don't think ducati is going to win it i didn't see anything from ducati that made me think oh they'll do well in europe i didn't see anything from that so 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 what i'm taking from the reason i picked uh the reason i picked zarco is uh i'm going to bet your wife made you do it yeah that she paid me a bunch of money this is her way of getting into the the podcast okay no i think uh i think zarco has has some good momentum off of the, you know, mm-hmm. he's, le- he's leading the championship right now. He has gotten a renewed sense of self-worth in the MotoGP paddock, oh, I believe. Sure. Um, yep. I he, agree. He's gotten two solid podiums this year already in uh, in the in the class, and I we have seen in the past that Zarco doesn't care about big reputations. No. You know, he doesn't no. care that Mark Marquez is coming back, and, and if anything, I think that that might fuel Zarco into a a sense of pushing harder to 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 further validate his reason for being at the paddock you know i think that zarko might feel like he has a little bit to prove but i also feel like he's also happy with the way that things are going in the in the uh uh premac team right now uh, i think they've got a lot of good things going on that they're they're in a groove they're on a high right now and uh we've seen that when zarko's when zarko's doing well he does what well. you know he's we saw last year he'd put it on the he qualified uh, he got qualified pole position at Bruno, and you know was having a really good race yep. had had the best yep. uh, long lap penalty that anyone's ever seen, and you know <laughs> right. was still yep. was still able to do well in the race that you know despite that so um, I think Zarco's I like Zarco this year I, I hate to admit it but I really do I, th- I think he looks good I think well, he's good. riding well I agree with you I think he looks good I I have no issues with Zarco. So, I mean, that's that's where you are. All right, so I'm going to take Renz. You took Zarco because it's easy to pick Marquez. It's easy to pick former race winners or take Jack Miller. But I, I just don't see it for Miller yet. It may get there. I don't know that it won't, but I don't see it yet. But I would love to see Alex Renz up at the front. Let's see what he could do. Now, he may not be able to do it because his qualifying hasn't been great, just like Mir. So we'll see, but I'm going to take Renz because that guy is, like you said, he is the quiet assassin. You know, once he gets going and he gets a little sniff, you know, he finished fourth last week, so he's got some momentum. You know, we'll see. Well, I just took a flyer. Uh, if I if I was betting money though, would I bet against Marquez? No, right. <laughs> I can't. You'd be a fool. How too. do you? 
Right, right. So, um, but I, I'd like to take Alex Wren. So I think at some point we need to turn this into a bet uh, and do a little bit of something fun. I, I've got an idea of what I'm going to do to you. Well, um, I already shaved my head, so that's not going to work. Oh, oh, well, that's okay. This This might hurt a little more than losing your hair, but... Um, it won't <laughs> scar you for life, but it'll make me laugh. So oh, that's all I care about. All right. Um, yeah, but you know what, Bo? Let's talk about you and me for a second.